ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 53. Um, if you're listening to us in the future, I'm not sure when you're actually listening to this because somebody... Um, who shall remain nameless yeah is not doing a very good job of doing their job right now but we're glad you're here we're not sure when you're gonna hear this but we're not even sure where here is <laughs> you could be on spotify you could be on tune in yeah. probably not on tune in if i'm just if i'm guessing yeah probably not i did discover the other day that my uh what my google home minis and the little Google home assistants or whatever will right. stream live, live radio, uh, through oh, t- the tune in app. That's dope. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Let's talk about technology. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of cool things, um, in technology coming out right now. Like I'm not going to keep talking about how cool my computer is, but, um, but his computer is so cool. It is, it's, <laughs> it is pretty dope. Uh, I've gotten a few pieces of new tech in the last few months. Uh, so I upgraded my phone and that's a great experience. And I made my daily driver, my M1 Mac mini. Um, so your transformation into hipster technophile is now complete. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I have to remind my family, uh, I was using Apple computers when it was cool, but it wasn't cool to be an Apple user because people thought you're like a, a snob if you had an Apple computer. Were uh, you a snob because you had an Apple computer? No. Are you a snob now because you have an Apple computer? No, no. Just saying. Just no, saying. I'm just asking. Like when the boys are younger, um, well, that's a whole, it's a long story, but it's just like, no, I've always been a fan of Apple. I thought they've made, like ever since I bought my first Apple computer, it was a Mac 2 SE. So that's kind of a long time ago. Um, it was just a different experience of it actually working and, and doing the things that I wanted it to do when I wanted it to do it. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about Linux. And I, I will say this, if I never had the intent of making iOS software, I probably wouldn't buy a Mac um, and up until recently. But with the new M1, I would actually say as far as uh, like hardware and price, it's a pretty good deal. Like if you're looking for a pretty powerful machine and I'm not like a going to go into benchmarks and stuff like that. But as a developer, it's a pretty good machine. Uh, there's there's a caveat. Uh, it's not really a caveat for me because I don't use either one of these technologies. One I don't use at all, Golang, which is a programming language I have never desi- desired to use. And uh, Docker doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, whatever. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> no hard feelings. Yeah. I don't know, Andre. Those feelings sound pretty hard. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. 
Yeah. So uh, it's it's been a pretty good experience. Um, and I love Linux. So, so it's kind of like, and I, and I had to reiterate this to my wife. I'm like, look, my thing with Apple was that they didn't have anything that made me say, wow, I want to buy this, you know? Now they do. And I, we've talked about this. Like there was nothing compelling for me to say, well, I'm going to go drop a thousand dollars or whatever on, on a, on a new Mac. And well, you can't even buy one for a thousand dollars. So that was, that was a really no brainer. But when you start looking at 15, 17, you know, $2,300, the Mac was not the, you know, that wouldn't be something I'd like, Oh, I've got to have that. You know, there's nothing about it. You know, the stupid touch bar. Yeah, I mean the price point on the Macs always made it um just uh, like non I, I, I'm trying what is the word that I'm looking for? Um it wasn't a frugal buy. Like it just didn't yeah. really make sense, you know. Um unless you just had to have a Mac, you know. Right. And I mean I'd used Windows for the majority of my computer life up until we started working at E area. Right. And they were basically a Mac exclusive shop. And so I took a while to <laughs> learn how to use one because I hadn't really had that much experience with it. But once I got used to it, I mean, now like I use this as my work and daily driver just because I prefer the interface and the overall like the hardware on the machine itself is a much better quality than my other machine which, but yeah which is ironic i mean when you're because you're not going to buy a decent laptop uh like for example a decent laptop to me is like i would need to have a laptop with at least 16 gigabytes of ram like eight gigabytes is, is really no starter and i was pricing laptops um a couple weeks ago and lo and behold like and we're talking like a, a machine that I would eventually, you know, I would put Linux on it and I would do like my, you know, late at night coding. If I, if, if there was something I was working on, and I didn't want to be in my office all day. I would probably, wink, you know, wink, nudge, nudge, late at night yeah. coding. <laughs> you know, doing stuff at night because you, know, you just can't watch that much TV. Um, <laughs> Says who? <laughs> well, <laughs> says the adult in the room <laughs> so um and you know so 16 gigabytes are, puts me right about a thousand dollars give or take right that's like entry level it's like not going to be less than a thousand dollars yeah um and then there's certain pc manufacturers i will not buy so in no particular well actually my preference would be a system 76 linux machine just ideally right? Um, one that would suit my needs is 1400 bucks. Just, and that's just to get the memory where I wanted to not to change the hard drive or anything like that, but we're looking at $1,400. Um, so I'd probably at the end of the day, spend, spend $1,800 on this computer. Like if yeah. I'm, <laughs> so, so you so, might as well buy a Mac. <laughs> yeah. So if I know me, it's kind of like, I'm going to probably spend eighteen hundred dollars uh, at least. What does that Linux machine cost? Uh, the what do you mean the well, the the SP seventy six or whatever it is the uh, the system seventy six yeah yeah uh, that's like probably and I'm pro I don't want to overquote them but I know that let's see their laptops right now uh, 
their Galaga Pro 14 inch with eight gig, eight gigabytes of RAM starts at nine ninety nine, right? And it's a good looking computer. Yeah, but like you just said, I mean, for you, that's a non starter. Yeah, at eight gigs. But, yeah, so I'm I'm automatically going to like spend over a thousand dollars. The Lemur Pro uh, 14 is eleven ninety nine. Good computer, right? And I think it comes. It starts with eight gigs. Probably a non-starter for me. I'm going to buy more memory. Uh, their Darter Pro 15-inch starts at $10.99. And now the cool thing and the good thing is that you can probably get up to 40 gigs on one, 64 gigs on the other two. So that's not bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're good computers. And they all three of them start with 8 gigabytes of RAM. Now, yes, I could upgrade it. I, I'm already going to spend $1,000. Right. Like, Let's just start there. <laughs> so I'm already going to start at a thousand bucks and that would be my preferred system. Um, if I was, you know, let's just, if I'm just going to run Linux, that would be the preferred one. Uh, Lenovo's got some nice computer computers and so does Dell. So those would be the top three manufacturers I would choose from. And I know I'm going to spend a thousand dollars. It's just see. And I, I have a Lenovo for my work computer. And I hate that thing. <laughs> and I know where I went wrong. Like, right. I, I know looking back on it now, I'm like, I made the wrong, I made choices thinking the wrong way. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I went with a super lightweight, but large computer, which means that a lot of the components are ultra lightweight. And they're sitting in your lap. <laughs> well, and they just, they don't work that well, honestly. Yeah. You know, like right. the they're, the touchpad on that thing drives me absolutely insane to the point right. where, like, it makes me not want to use it. That right. alone is enough to make me just like, <laughs> nope, I'll use my Mac. Like, because I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, if I'm sitting in my office or whatever, it's different because I have everything that I can connect. But even then... I just I've gotten so used to doing everything on my on my Mac that isn't that funny like I'm I I would bear to say that I'm computer agnostic like I really am like I um I could probably cuz my wife's got a work her work computer is a Lenovo and I like it it's got a nice the, the keyboard's great uh I think she's got the I don't remember which model it is, but the trackpad it is kind of wonky, but it's not a, it, it is a premium trackpad, yeah. but it's not the best trackpad. Um, My dad's got, I think like the, the yoga, one of the yoga. Yeah, those are nice. And he loves it, you know, like, and, and I've used it and I like it. Like it's, yeah. you know, so I, I should be clear that I don't, it's not a matter of Lenovo, of me not thinking that Lenovo makes good products. I just realized that I picked the wrong one. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, and there's, there's a level of like, are you buying it just to be a consumer, right? Or are you a professional user? A professional user could be a heavy user that spends a lot of time on their device. A, yeah. a consumer is somebody that's probably going to check their email and every now and then write a report. Um, and then, that's where you're not just not going to buy an $800 computer. It's just not, it's not a thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and if I had to do it over again, I would go with probably exactly what my dad has because it's, it's 
smaller. You know, it's like the 13 inch, whereas I got the 15 inch for some stupid reason. And like that was the whole thing was I was I was mad at myself afterwards because I again like I was like well I want a 15 inch because I want to have what? a big screen, you know like. <laughs> but then what? I want something that's really lightweight, and so you know like you just. I made sacrifices in the wrong areas where I should have gone with something smaller that was more durable and that had better components to it and realized that that was like for my traveling purposes, which was what that was supposed to be for, that that made more sense. But yeah, you live and you learn. Yeah. Well, uh, my uh, laptop, it's an older ThinkPad. It started to, um, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if it, I don't know. It just started to like freeze every now and then. And um, so I'd be in bed, like writing something and it would just, and I would like go get a cup of coffee or, or something to drink and come back and it would go to sleep and wouldn't, wouldn't wake up. I'm like, or we're not doing this. We're, this is. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, when it locks up in sleep mode and you're just like, please wake up, please wake yeah. up, please wake up. So I, I actually, uh, my, my wife is, I think she's gotten to a point where it's like, all right, he doesn't ask for a lot of things, but the things he likes to use, if that crap's not working, it makes my life difficult. So she said, buy a new computer. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I bought the, uh, the, the new MacBook Air, and hopefully I'll have that sometime this month. I'm really excited. Um, but again, it's, and I'll tell you this, like I was, when I was shopping around for computers, I realized something. I was thinking probably the same thing along the same lines you are, right? There's something about having a full keypad on a laptop. But like, but, I don't even have it on this, you know? And like, I don't yeah, miss it. You, you don't even use it. Exactly. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the whole thing is it's like, you know, and again, at E-Area, when I was doing ridiculous amount of data entry in excel yeah a number pad was key but guess what i also had a freaking keyboard Keyboard. like a separate keyboard that had a number pad and guess what i have right here a separate (laughs) keypad you know like this these are the things that i that i look back on and i'm just like what was i thinking yeah what were you doing man and i don't you know it's yeah, but I'll I will say that Why didn't there's I just some, call my buddy Andre. And say, yeah, I know. What I should I buy? Yeah, I would have talked you off the ledge on that one, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I'm I'm really excited. Like I think uh this is probably for computers and people that like computers, this is probably going to be an exciting time. And I think Apple just kind of really raised the bar. Um I know AMD's got a new chipset coming out that is going to be comparable to the M1. Um, so I just see more things going to a SOC or system on chip and ARM architecture. Can really I ask, what is Intel doing? They're, they are losing their crap. Um, They've got a, a, a Ultrabook that looks like a MacBook Pro. Right. And it's actually uh, a really nice piece of hardware. And I saw one, it was like $1,500, right? $1,500 or $1,700. They use it as a, a spec model. So it's like, hey, ideally, this is this what you is, could do. This is what you could do, but nobody does it yeah. except for a couple of off brand um, computer uh, 
manufacturers. So I, I think they're just kind of, I don't think it's all of them though. I think it's also has to do with Microsoft, right? So if the operating system isn't forcing you to do something different, you're going to try to max out that architecture. There's no reason for you to uh, do anything different in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and I guess, you know, like it's not because it's not like they were going to make something and, you know, Apple was going to go, Oh, never mind. We'll take your chip. You know, like no matter what, even if Intel came out with a better chip at this point, Apple was already invested in the M1. Right. You know, behind well, the scenes. And so. You, you've got to trust that Apple, I remember when they had their, um, their, their, uh, the power PC processor and uh, what was the other one called? Uh, 68K processors. They enjoyed having their own like keeping everything in house. Right. Well, that was always and, like Steve jobs whole thing. Right. Like yeah. it was the closed system. Yeah. And I think the risk processor was faster and better than the, uh, Intel processors at the time. It was just a matter of getting IBM and Motorola to like take it to the next level. And I guess they couldn't wait. So the iPhone has, again, it, it was almost like the Trojan horse. Like when you start to look at the internals of, uh, of, of Swift, the programming language they use to make iOS software, uh, macOS software, and the operating system, when you look at all these things like 30,000 feet in the air, the, I, the iPhone and the iPad, the iPad was saying, oh, we can do this. Yeah. The, the iPhone was like, what's the thought process? The iPad was like, oh, we can do this and scale it. And then they just seemed at the right time to introduce their own architecture. So I, you know, kudos to them. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty pleased. I think that uh, like I haven't had any issues with the hardware and it literally, like I haven't heard my fan ever. Does like, it have one? Are you sure? It, it has a fan. <laughs> <laughs> every, every now and then I touch the top of it to see if it, is it even warm? Yeah. And it's, it's like not even like lukewarm. Well, because it's, I mean, for the most part, it's just running the chip, right? Yeah, it's amazing, dude. That's not It's It's amazing. So if you're looking for, and I know you're saying that you guys are looking for a new laptop, I would definitely, you know, and for the things you're, the, the applications you're talking about using, I would say the MacBook Air is like probably a good choice. And the funny thing is the MacBook Air M1 and the MacBook Pro M1 on most of the benchmarks and like the, uh, like performance wise, it's the same computer. Yeah. It's literally the same computer. Um, I was going to ask, have they done any benchmark tests or is there any benchmark testing to do to compare like the system 76 to like your Mac mini with the M1? Uh, I would say like, no, nothing I've seen, yeah. but I would, I, I would, they've got like system 76 has a, a lot of like power on their laptops and their desktops are, are gorgeous. Like they're, they're just like freaking works of art in my opinion. Uh, they're like the Apple of Linux of the Linux world. Um, and they, but I, I don't think it's really fair to compare an, x86 architecture to the arm architecture for example 
I had to set my development uh, environment up for the for a program, and I couldn't get it right, right? Because like I was as I was installing everything in this virtual environment, it's it's a Python virtual environment. Some things weren't like compiling correctly or installing correctly, and so I had to switch a flag to say no. Let's make an uh, x86 architecture, and everything went like a dream. And then I thought about it. Oh crap! So the servers I'm using, they're not. ARM servers, they're like cloud servers that are all x86. So I, it was just something to think about, you know? Um, so I don't know how long it will take for everything to evolve to a different, you know, where, where the two architectures can be like yeah. really cohabitate. Uh, but that's just something if you, you're, you're putting stuff out in the cloud, you have to remember that, hey, you probably don't wanna do it this way on your local computer if your cloud environment is still on the x86 architecture. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think if, if Microsoft and Sony can get along on the Xbox and PlayStation, you know, right. world, like there's no reason that the rest of the tech world can't also, you know. Yeah, that's not true. But um, <laughs> I was like watching where you're going with that. I'm like, yeah, that's not even a thing, dude. Um but yeah, it's it's a pretty enjoyable experience. Uh, I did buy a. Um, I'm I'm like geeking. I haven't had a chance to talk about this with anybody. So, all right, this is the we're going a little bit deep in tech here. Uh, so I bought a. Um, uh, it's a USB hub, but it looks like a Mac Mini, but you can actually put an external SSD into it. So I only got the 256 hard drive, but mm-hmm. I bought this enclosure that's got additional USB ports and. SD card reader and some other crap. And I put a one terabyte um, SSD in it. Dude, it's brilliant. Like, like I almost said, I want, well, I could, I could probably put the operating system on the one terabyte and run it that way. Sure. Cause it's super fast. Um, but I did put like my cloud, like storage, you know, application. So my documents sync to the one terabyte. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I consider non-core applications, I install it on the external drive. Um, it's just, it's just, and it's just great. It's like a great experience. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like I'm so like this is so dope. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah, but yeah, so I would say if you're to buy a new computer, uh, I would buy a MacBook. If you, if you're a portable person, buy a MacBook. If like, if you're like me, I do most of my work in my office. I really don't like, um, you know, hooking up monitors and moving my computer at all. So um, I think that part has not changed. Uh, I will probably definitely work off of a desktop 90% of my time, if possible. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with tech. I am going to do some, I've got some writing to do. Uh, I will, I am going to do a write-up on my review, my personal review of the uh, Pixel 4a. I think it's a beautiful phone. It's a great phone. Uh, Insane battery life. Yeah. You were telling me about that uh, at one point that you can go, you know, using it like basically all day and (laughs) it'll still be like, Oh, you got three days left. Yeah. Like (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, all right. Um, that's dope. Uh, like right now it says a day and five hours left and I took it off my charger at like five o'clock this morning and I've been using my phone all day. Yeah. 
That's better than mine. That's insane, right? <laughs> um, See, and I was like, I was looking at Google the last time that I was gonna do a phone upgrade, um, but I don't, I can't, I think, because I got the XR. That's a nice phone. It is. It's it's a fine phone. I I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I've been thinking more and more that I may. I may try that next time yeah. and just see. Because, um, I mean, I've been on iPhone since the 3, 4. Yeah. So, a while. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have owned two iPhones, and they're nice phones. I just don't like them. Like, that's just... It's not that I don't like them. It's just... Um, I don't really like, I'm not a big fan of the user interface. Um, yeah, I, I know you're always making fun of me because I'm like, oh, I do this. And you're like, oh, I've been able to do that for years. Like, it's about time. <laughs> um, and there, I mean, there's certainly something to be said for that. You know, like it, is, it does seem like Apple's like, oh, that's a neat feature. We're going to put that in our stuff too. Right. Um, but, you know, I, like we also talked last time uh, about the, I think, like the trust, you know, that's put in to those companies. And that's been a big, that's the other thing I think in terms of, you know, going with a Mac product over, you know, for a computer uh, over a Windows machine is the security aspect. That's just always kind of been assumed, right? Right. Um, and generally is true. So. Well, and it is true, and you, you could actually say that Apple kind of owes that to Linux. So at the core of, and probably in, for a little bit longer, and probably, well, I I don't think they'll change the Unix, uh, like BSD part of Apple or their operating system anytime soon. But yeah, those two are probably the most secure, you know, quote unquote, secure things you can get. Um People don't spend a lot of time trying to hack on like 13 to 15% of market share. Yeah. That just seems kind of silly. It's like, well, why would we do that? You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of apps and stuff like that, you know, I think that there is, there's a lot of trust that is put in Apple, right? In terms of the oh, marketplace and the app store. And there was issues or there were issues you know that had cropped up early especially in the android and google play stores um but you know i know that google's done a lot to improve its kind of vetting of apps and stuff and um so i i think a lot of it was just the maturing of the company in that space you know and understanding the importance of kind of of that trust that the consumer was putting in them that if there was an app in their app store that it was assumed that it had been at least like reviewed or verified by somebody that it wasn't inherently malicious <laughs> yeah I, yeah and I, i've always wondered why people um well i do all right, part of it is because for example like the uh there's this trend the, like the seven minute, seven minute workout. Right. Mm -hmm. And you saw a lot of clones of that type of app. And, um, I mean, well, I remember the eight minute abs videos, right? <laughs> right? Like from the 90. Yeah. So, so you get people that see that there's tons of downloads 
and somebody may charge 99 cents and then I can say this is free. Well, doesn't mean everybody with the greatest intent that's making something free is like your friend. And I think that was, uh, that was part of Google's problem. Apple had a problem with that, but not to the same degree. Um, and the fact that a lot of people, you can actually, which I don't know how much I agree with, you can sell an application on Code Canyon and somebody else can actually redistribute it on an Apple, on, on an app store. Um, and they may just change a couple features or the colors, but it's pretty much the same application. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, that seems pretty, uh, I mean, it just seems pointless to, to allow that many insignificantly changed clones of the same app, you know, like I, not pointless to share the app because I do understand providing a template and saying, Hey, this is a foundation that, you know, it's it's like bootstrap to a certain extent, right? The idea is that you go in and you change a significant portion of it, but somebody is showing you, Hey, here's something I made using this process. You can now go in and tweak and adjust and use it as a, as a template to then or framework to build out your own stuff. And people go, Oh, cool. Change, 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 boom, sell. And yeah, like it's, it's irritating. I mean, you see, I see it on, you know, ads all the time, whether it's on social media, like Instagram is the worst in terms of (laughs) game ads, um, you know, that I've been seeing lately. And, uh, but even Twitter, you know, like Twitter, I see a pretty significant amount of app advertisements and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, I've gotten to the point now where I, the first thing I do is check the bottom of a tweet to look for the little promoted thing to see like, is this, <laughs> especially if yeah. it's a name I don't recognize, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's irritating though. I think because I mean, it's irritating in a lot of ways. One, you want to be able to use the right, like the best one right right but it's no different i mean freaking hollywood's been doing it for years where you know one studio gets uh you know some buddy cop movie called we'll call just i don't think that this was a specific case but 48 hours right and then there's another studio that's like oh we're gonna make a buddy cop movie but it's uh 36 hours you know and it's like uh okay you know i mean like when i worked at blockbuster that was my favorite thing was going around and finding the movies that were clearly crappy knockoffs of the other really like hit movie you know it's 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 (laughs) insane it's it's absolutely insane i i just think that you know um i i think creativity is um like it's a commodity you know um but i also yeah i mean it's been turned into one for sure yeah but i also think that you can't you know like somebody's going to build a better mousetrap uh, I, I look at, especially with software, there's, there's only so many times or so many different, like different paths to, to something, right? For example, productivity, you know, everybody's got a to-do app, everybody, like people make freaking Slack is another example of the overabundance of certain types of software. Yeah. Uh, but somebody eventually will make the better mousetrap and that will be the way that people go. And that will be the, the standard. Um, but Why haven't you, mice evolved to have stronger necks by now? <laughs> That's what I wonder. 
<laughs> I hope they never do. <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. But I, I just think, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Like you'll see like these rehashes of some, some good idea oftentimes. And, and it's like, okay. But, um, I, and I say that without giving too much of, you know, I'm in the same boat where it's like, you know, I write software, but it's kind of something similar to somebody else. But is it unique enough to attract uh, a user base? Because there's only so many ideas out there uh, in software. And that is but what I, it ultimately boils down to, right? Is like, is right. there something unique enough about your product to distinguish it from the others? And, right. you know, like, I again, right, there's like using reviews and, you know, star ratings and stuff like that. And the app store is a good way to get a general feel for, you know, the quality of an app, even though in certain they're cases gamed. they're gamed as well. Right. Where, yeah. you know, um, and so, and, and that's the, that's the tricky thing too, right. Is trying is now it's like we, we as consumers have to learn how to, tell the difference between an actual review and one that has been placed there by the company. Right. right? Or, uh, you know, I mean, Amazon too, right. The number of times that there are reviews written and, and then you'll see the two that are like, this is a totally product. And yep. all these other reviews are just the same person or, or you can see it, right. Like you can yep. totally, because they're so lazy about it. <laughs> there, there's uh, you know, I, I bought some stuff from Amazon, um, actually this morning. Um, and I, I literally had to, like, when I read the reviews on, on, on anything, it's kind of like, I read through probably 20 or 30 of them. Then I go to the very oldest one I can find. Then I start working my way back up and there's a, there's typically, a, you know, a theme mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can actually start to read through the BS and hopefully, and typically you buy the, a good product. Um, it's just, it, what blows my mind is even in little tiny things like that people aren't willing to do the research yeah i mean i'm amazing? guilty of that really <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i mean uh remember our mixer mishap looking back and reading more of the reviews i found that that problem was outlined by a number of individuals and wow so yeah, it was just one of those things where I didn't I didn't dig quite deep enough, and I think that that was that was one of those situations where there were a number of people who I think were either you know compensated to write reviews in some way, right. shape, or form, um, and in other cases, you know, it was just a matter of it being intended for a different purpose, right. and so a lot of the reviews were about it for that intended purpose. And me gotcha. seeing it as like, oh, well, it looks like I should be able to use it this way too. And it kind of sounds like I can. And Provide then, it. And, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, fortunately in that situation, it wasn't like I got scammed and so I could just send it back. Um, so it wasn't like the end of the world. But yeah, it's uh, – I, sometimes I think it depends on what the purchase is too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know I've bought a few things that cost like 10 bucks where it's kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not as concerned about it. Uh, you just sell whatever the first one is that you see that happens to be prime eligible. Um, you know, and I mean, sometimes it's, it's also just cause you know what it is, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, the brand and you're like, okay, I know this is a quality product. So you're going by that as well. But yeah. Well, man, I tell you, uh, it's good to like, well, we got to talk that off about your chest. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, like, thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. That's the shortest episode of the Chris and Andre show ever. Andre really thinks that by cutting these episodes down to 30 minutes, Chris will actually edit them. No, I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not actually done, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of. Actually getting things th- done. Our family. Yeah, it looks like uh, we're going to have an impeachment trial next week. Woo! Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. I will say, I will say this: the the news cycles have gone back to normal. Like uh, my wife was telling me last night, she goes, "Is it me or is it just like the news is the same thing every day?" I'm like, "No, it's this is kind of what normal's like." Um, yeah, this is what but- life should be like. <laughs> It's um, not, and I know that that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but it's, I mean, I will admit like there was like a day or two last week, maybe where I was just kind of like, what, why, why do I feel <laughs> this doesn't feel right. <laughs> I feel like something should be happening and I'm not hearing anything about it, you know? And then it's like, I'm trying to dig for stuff. And we were talking about it, I think before we started recording, but like I've, we've both, I think have significantly cut back on our Twitter consumption. Uh, I mean, my social media consumption in general is significantly down from where it was for a while there. Um, And it, I mean, it feels kind of nice. Like I've just been trying to focus more on, doing stuff with the family and, you know, doing stuff around the house. And, um, we've been doing a lot of puzzling, you know, a lot of adult oh. coloring, uh, you know, what about some... adult editing? <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we add that to your repertoire? <laughs> been doing puzzles and crosswords. And... <laughs> Building a lovely fire. Yeah, he's like built. I've got. Like, I built a deck. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I just haven't had any free time lately. Aside from all the free time I've spent doing other stuff. Uh, no, I, I will. I mean, like, work has been has been much busier lately because we have recently rolled out our latest season uh, of products, and so I've been. You can probably even hear it a little bit in my voice. I had to do two presentations today, and so wow. I know, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but no, it does. No, it doesn't. You're. Dumb. I would, I would do webinars and, like, if I hey, did. That's. Su- I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Except like having to do the whole webinar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I, I'm be, That's legit. Okay. Wow. Like, you do know. You do know. I'm sorry. I, uh, man, you're kind of. Uh, you well, I, okay. Look, <laughs> you are one of those people where, especially when it comes to me talking about having a certain amount of work to do or, you know, like how long something takes no offense. Cause you know that I love you, but yeah, no, no offense. You need to wake up early and get shit done. Right. That's... Yeah. Cause apparently five forty isn't early enough. For Are you wake up at five forty? Yeah. Man, I'm so proud of no, you. No, I'm still waking jogging? up on five forty. <laughs> Are you still jogging? Uh, no. So, cause it's been so dang cold lately. Um, yeah. so I've been, we've been doing, uh, there's this, <laughs> you would laugh. Uh, there's this guy <laughs> fitness marshal on YouTube. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he does like all of these fitness dance routines to pop music, and so Helena loves it. And... So you weren't kidding when you said that was your workout song on Twitter, the Lady Gaga song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, nope, that, okay, okay. that is one of the ones. Uh, at, of... at first, I thought you were like, I'm like, is he trying to troll me? <laughs> I'm like, some Ariana nah, Grande, sense. a little bit of Lizzo. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> but Helena loves it. And then we, well, she likes now, we'll do, um, was it the Just Dance uh, video yeah, yeah. game? Like, yeah. people will just record themselves and put it up on YouTube. And so we'll, we'll play those sometimes because they have other songs. Uh, so it's, uh, pretty good it's pretty fun that's that's dope but you know it's better than freezing my balls off uh outside yeah because it's it's kind of chilly willy yeah did you enjoy the snow yeah yeah by the time i actually went somewhere it was gone yeah it like mel- it melted off my car i know i kept like you know we had said something to helena before you know a couple of days before that it was supposed to snow she had seen it on the google assistant or something and um and so then she forgot about it that night before she went to bed and then woke up the next morning and she came in and I was like, well, you're not going to be able to go to school today. And she was like, why? And I was like, is your school's closed? And she's like, well, what happened? And I was like, it's inclement weather. And she was like, what is inclement weather? And I was like, just look outside. And she looked she's like, oh, my God, it's snowed. And I was like, okay, it's quarter to six. My ears aren't ready for that. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I hate to inform you, but this is like that gross, wet, soppy snow. And like, yeah, yeah, I took the dogs out in the morning and like stepped in it. And I was just like, oh, this is gross. I don't even <laughs> want to be out here. <laughs> like not anything that you could enjoy. Um, yeah. And I just I couldn't help myself on the Twitters because every single person was like, look, it's it's snowing you guys it's snowing and really look at this picture of snow oh i made a snowman and it's just like it's the same shit every year like it's never snowed and i know i used to be one of those people part of it i think is that now it doesn't mean jack shit to me like i work from home regardless Like, like this doesn't change. If anything, it just means I gotta put up with my kids screaming in my ear while I'm working from home, as opposed to shipping her off. It's like I, I haven't worn pants in like over almost a year. I know, like the number of times I drop her off and I'm still wearing my sweatpants in the morning, and I'm just like, this is a good feeling. I'm like those moms in the yoga pants. That is that is that is what I. I mean, in fact, I guess they're not technically yoga pants. My sister got me some. No, they're not. But she got me they some really not. nice. They're they're the Sunday joggers. That's what they are. Oh, but they're oh. they're some really like ridiculously comfortable sweatpants. <laughs> it's time for politics. I uh oh so, guess what? I I think I'm right. I think um again. Well, I was wrong. I've been wrong before. At one time. Yeah, one time. My mom said it was a dream. Yeah. So, so what were you right about? Dude, the Republican Party is imploding. And it's funny to watch. 
It's uh, funny, it but is, scary. I was going to say it is and it isn't because it is. Um, okay. So a couple of things. And uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. Uh, the Okay. Rand Paul and his bill or legislation, whatever, the vote that he raised right. as to whether or not it was constitutional for them to, to do what they were doing. It's irrelevant. Uh, yeah, that's not the job of Congress to determine right. whether or not something is constitutional. Uh, if there's a problem with it, ultimately, it should be able to be appealed to the Supreme Court and then have the right. Supreme Court determine whether or not there was, you know, like, that's fine. You want to you want to file an injunction at the Supreme Court level to say this impeachment trial cannot move forward because it's unconstitutional. Let's hear it. But why didn't you do that? But he's a jack of all trades. He's an optometrist. He's a jackass of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to go at Dr. Fauci about, you know, like a virus he yeah. knows nothing about, right? That'd be like so Dr. Now, Phil coming after Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Phil kind of did on Fox News. Well, yeah. To be fair. So not unheard of. No. But it's just like, dude, you're not an attorney. I'm not an attorney, to be honest. Technically, it was constitutional because he was still president. Yeah. The, so I, that's I, the whole thing I just don't understand. You know, like the impeachment itself already occurred. Well, Mitch McConnell is. Um, he's playing I don't know both if, sides. Yeah. I don't know if I would play chess with him. I, I, mean, think I, he's, I think he's probably a very good chess player. Yes. You have to. Because I mean, he's seen, he's a couple moves ahead of everybody. He is, uh, yeah, I just, I wish that he actually had any, like, desire to get something done that wasn't appointing, you know, overly conservative judges or, you know, blocking any meaningful legislation that might help people. That's, uh, that's the thing. Like, he, I agree, he's an incredible strategist, right, and, and. Like he has talked about in that he he just sits there and doesn't say anything in rooms. Like he doesn't talk. And that's because he's letting everybody else prove how stupid they are. You know, it's like, what do they say? Like, uh, open your mouth or keep your mouth shut and, uh, you know, like open your mouth and prove how stupid you are. Keep it shut and let people guess. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I mean, he's, I mean, he's definitely read the room, you know? Uh, what's what's impressed me is Schumer has um, I never thought he was stupid, but he's also showing how cunning he can be. The problem I have is that you can't let the Republican Party go bye bye. You, you need to you need two parties. Well, least, but is it right? I mean, who's going to save the Republican Party? Um, is it Mitch well, McConnell? It, no, I, I think it's going to. It's going to fall apart. But, right? but that's, I mean, like, but here, are we here, asking the the Democratic Party to save the Republicans? No, the Republicans have to save the Republicans. Okay. The problem is it's just not going to work right now. I was going to say, they ought to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah. That's <laughs> a perfect <laughs> Some of their own <laughs> rhetoric. <laughs> Every you don't time get so- a handout, Republican. <laughs> Every time one of them are on TV, I'm just like, you guys should pull yourselves up by, by your bootstraps. Because you guys have had, they had a lot of opportunities to correct the ship. 
even in these last in the last month, they've had a lot of opportunities to correct the ship. I mean, the number of of House Republicans that voted against impeachment out of fear, either fear of being primaried or fear of whatever, right? Well, they they have it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in my mind. Yeah. Right? They they have put themselves out for the next three uh, cycles for a national election. It's going to be a long while before we see another Republican president. Well, okay. So I guess like the question I'm trying to figure, or not, not, not the question I'm trying to figure out, but the, what I'm trying to figure out and maybe the question that I have is like, what is, how does this ultimately play out? Because what it seems like is happening is you have um, he who shall not be named posted up in Mar-a-Lago. You've got mm-hmm. McCarthy who wants to go kiss the ring, right? You've got mm-hmm. McConnell who wants nothing to do with him, but at the same time is going to side with the rest of the Republican senators essentially to say that we're don't, even though I welcome impeachment from the house, I don't want to move forward with an actual impeachment trial. No, what you really have is McConnell hedging his bets Right, um, but that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is he's like hedge, he's hedging his bets. In my opinion, on this, that the Democrats are going to be so focused on this this whole unity journey that they're going to make mistakes and not get anything done. And if that is the case, you have closer Senate races. You're going to have the same, probably give or take, a couple states on the House. But the national part, I mean, the, uh, the presidential seat, they're not going to get it. They're not going to come close to it. They are he- He's hedging his bets that they can control the Senate. Right, because he doesn't care about the president. Right. He ultimately doesn't care. Right. Because it, it doesn't, It's again, it's not about him passing legislation. He doesn't care about passing laws. He's more, right. he's more interested in making sure nothing happens. He's no, he's interested in trying to find that's where people that that's a people when they say that it's like, that's not really the case. The case is for the Republicans is how do we take a waning ideology and like prolong its life? But why? Because that's all they have. They have not. But that's what I don't understand. Why is that all that they have? Why are they so incredibly incapable of cutting off the freaking like gangrenous limb at this point, you know, like because they don't have a direction. They're the only. All right, so hear me out. Yeah, they had the smaller government, which I subscribe to. They had a better uh, a better view on taxes. I won't even say like lower taxes because that's never historically been true. They've all the Republicans have always catered to larger companies and some midsize and small businesses would actually benefit from that, which I think is fundamentally wrong after like the last two years. Right. Um, Religious freedoms, which was never really in question anyway. Right. So that was the thing. They don't really freaking straw man. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the boogeyman's coming to take (laughs) your religion. Uh, And the the go to abortion. Yeah. Which is people like myself. 
are finding out that that's not really an argument. It never was an argument. It never really made like any difference in politics. Roe versus Wade will never get overturned. That is just a fact. Yeah. So it, it's they're hedging. So where, where's that going? I'm saying like that they're that was their platform. They can't they have nowhere to go. They don't they've made such a stink about climate change. They don't know how to fix that. They don't understand the economy anymore because there's like there's more many people that worked in manufacturing and farming that are now considered poor or they are losing income every year, year over year. So they don't really know how to deal with that. Um, school choice, that's becoming a new echoing thing. Well, they're, they're raving about school choice in poor states where it makes only a difference to like less than 5% of the population. Yeah. So they don't have, a, they don't know how to pivot. Like they don't understand that there's nothing wrong with being a moderate it's you'll probably gain more ground as a moderate than you will be in hard hard line anyway. That's what way. I, that's what I don't get. I, you know, that's where I'm so confused where it seems like, you know, if you, if you are the GOP, you had an opportunity to pivot at any point over the last the best time 12 to years. 2012 would have been the perfect time to pivot. Exactly. I mean, like you, you went with Romney, right? Like you, you, Mm -hmm. you didn't end up getting it. So, okay, let's move forward and figure out what is the future of the Republican party look like, right? We see the, the, the country is moving in this direction. How do we, you know, and it's like, instead what ended up happening, I don't know if it was the tea party stuff that like kind of got in, but then it's like, instead of sort of coming back to the middle, they pivoted hard, right? You know, and now it's you like know, you got the Marjorie Green Taylors and the Lauren, you know, Bobears and Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I really, you know, like you, you know where you know why they did that? Because they started to market on fear and anger. Because the economy wasn't better. Like, and I'm not saying that the 0809 crisis wasn't resolved. It made gains, but it never like there was nothing to transition people that were in these different parts of the country to something else. So yeah, they stopped the bleeding check. They saw recovery on, in most populous places and places that had more diverse economies. And I'm not talking people, but diverse right. economies. And that's where it stopped. So the anger that was getting built up and yes, people felt like they were left behind. That is an accurate statement. But they, the, the GOP and Trump specifically marketed fear. Well, and I mean, ultimately what it comes down to, you think about it, the reason that Trump succeeded on the GOP side was because they had no leadership and they had no good candidates, ultimately. No, it's because the people he got to go register to vote, nobody was expecting those people to vote. That's why they keep catering to that part of the base because that part of the base has kept them in the game. Did you read the article that said that a number of people that stormed the Capitol were, (laughs) they didn't vote. They didn't end up voting. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful. Seriously. People like that's, that's where we're at. But there's also some, that's the ignorance that we're finding. (laughs) Yeah. There's also some reporting that there's been like a lot of people 
either switching parties or going independent. I saw that too. Yeah, that there were more more people um uh, you know switching parties to or or registering as independent um right. than at any point previous and that there, you know it was like 800 or some odd versus 253 I think uh that switched the other or changed away from Democrats. So it was so right. so heavily leaning <laughs> the other direction. Um, right. Yeah, and I, you know, like I just, again, I would think at this point you've had so many chances, right? So many clear opportunities now. Like when the election was over and he started whining about the election being stolen, if every single member of the GOP had come out and said, no, that's ridiculous, you know, this is the democratic process, we're moving forward, you know, then it, I honestly think it would have stopped a whole lot sooner. I well, I just think that, you know, there were so many people that decided because they saw a gain in it for themselves, right? Ultimately, that they were going to go along with it even though they knew full well that that wasn't the Yeah, they they started placing bets on 2022 way too way too early. Um and what they didn't see that happen in 2018 yeah, it was 2018. It's the same thing that happened in, in 2020. Like they have damaged the brand, which is their party. I wouldn't say it's irreparable. I'm just saying it's going to implode and they're going to be out of the game for a while. They're going to get the, they'll probably get the same seats in Wyoming and in yeah. uh, Oklahoma. You and, have the, the, yeah, right. You're, you're not going to have enough fracturing, Right in those areas, in certain areas, that you're going to lose all of it. But right. yeah, I, I mean, I think because you're you've already started to see that this, like, yep. I mean, what I, I'm going to <laughs> borrow a phrase that is often used to describe the NC State Wolfpack uh, fan base, <laughs> the lunatic fringe <laughs> of the Republican Party now that are these QAnon conspiracy you know nut jobs who are members of congress you know or representatives at the state level and i don't know man it's just like it's, it's really a, it, irritating it's, it's so here's here's the here's the hard fact it's okay is right? it there it's sometimes in order to fix some things you got to break them I you know, I mean I, I and I get that. I mean and the Republican Party was broken. Like I yeah. I I fully understand that. Um but I I guess it's just it's it's so frustrating or it or disheartening or whatever. I don't even know the word that I'm looking for. The emotion that I feel about the fact that these that there are people out there who hear these people speak and go, "Yes, that's that's what I want. That's who I want representing me, you know, and my district or my state or, you know, my beliefs at the the federal level for, and I just, you just don't go to the, the 14th district. You just don't go to Northwest Georgia. That's okay. You I know, know but I, I, I'm totally okay. You gotta, here's where I will continue to give president Biden a lot of credit. Okay. At whatever level, 
he's a, and this is a sign of like some, this is a person I would say is a true leader. He knows how to step outside of the problem way long enough to find solutions. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the talks, you know, that he had with the Republican leadership about his COVID relief plan. uh, Yeah. And you had almost every single person walking away from that going like, holy crap, that was nice. Yeah. Nobody got yelled at. Like, you know, nobody <laughs> nobody got called an idiot or was talked over the entire time, you know? Like they got to express their views. They he listened to them all. He but he was also pretty firm about the fact that hey, these are things that have to happen. Yeah. Like you I'm not going to pivot on those. Yeah. Now I may refine and we, say like, well, you make it 150k, you're probably good, yeah. right? But sure, we can tweak those things. Right. But overall, this is what I need. Yeah. I, 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 that's how it should be. I mean, that's, that is the way that the government was designed to work is right. that you say, this is what needs to happen. And this is how I see it happening. This is what I think is best. Okay. Right. Yeah. I see these three things. I agree with the rest of this. I don't think is that important. And here's why. Okay. Well, that makes sense. What if we did, you know, X, Y, Z, let's go back and forth and figure out how we make something that makes sense, you know, because I'm not going to come to you with a perfect plan. Right. Right. I'm going to miss stuff. And that's why we need to have that back and forth. There needs to be that discussion just because other, I mean, yeah, like it's the whole, (laughs) it's the whole foundation (laughs) of, of our democracy is it's like this exchange of ideas and, being able to share them freely without concern. But it's not, you know, it's not that without concern of repercussions, but that like, Hey, if we're in this, you know, kind of brainstorming, you know, environment that I'm not going to say something and have everybody in the room shit all over your idea, shit all over me. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I don't know. It it's so it's so basic, right? And again, like it it's we're talking about the news cycle returning to normal. Like this is right. such a return to the way things should be that it it it's weird that it feels so cathartic, Boring. you know? Like yeah, like just so <laughs> I, yeah, so liberating to and and I'm I don't know. Like I, this is where I just I, again, I struggle to understand people who are, you know, just uh, anybody who's of that mindset where it's like, you know, Joe Biden is a, is part of some sex, you know, (laughs) child peddling, you know, sex cabal. Like here, here's the thing though. Right. And like, this is what I would tell anybody that's listening that gets too like attached to the problem those people have valid reasons for the way they feel. It's not an F your tears moment. It's like, no, they probably had valid concerns. They have valid fears. They have valid like feelings on why they feel that. The problem is nobody has once Republicans or Democrats have really explored why and how do they feel the way they feel. And it's now you're dealing with the, the, the actual like problem. Right. Because yeah, all of that has bubbled to the surface. Yeah, you've left them with with what they feel like is no alternative, or yeah. they've they've completely bought into. So the thing about yeah. like conspiracies and even jokes, there's a little bit of truth wrapped up into it, right? 
I mean, that's the best way to sell a lie is to wrap it up in a whole bunch of truth. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> yes. Or you, you sprinkle a little bit of truth because I don't know about the whole Jewish space laser thing. Cause I was like, ah, that's weird. But I didn't hear about that, but okay. yeah. Uh, uh, Miss green said that the California fires. Oh, were caused by uh, Jewish space lasers. Did they use that to do circumcisions? Is that... <laughs> they they just kept missing. <laughs> so, Oy, like, wow. hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Um, but I think that you know, it, it's like uh, it's like it's like how people get really pissed off when you talk about some of the like impossibilities of Star Wars, right? For me, it's it's kind of like the, the real super, super fans of Star Wars. At some level, they know it's fake, but they believe the world's real. Same with Star Trek fans. Like, And I've seen some of these arguments, and I know you're going to try to no, you know, shoot me down, but it's I'm, like, yo, step out of it for just a second. Like, this is just my opinion on science fiction. And that's where I come back to again, is that I just, I don't understand the, and I know... Uh, Okay. I can't understand because I haven't been in that position, right? Like we live in Disneyland. I am, you know, somebody who does not, who has not, you know, been part of that ignored forgotten element of our society. Right. So I, I do not know what that feels like, but I just, I find it so difficult to understand where like, you know, to be taken by the con so much and to have bought into it for so long, despite the fact that you were never really listening, like it was all lip service. You know, there was right. no, every time that he had an opportunity to do something that actually would have helped the people that put him in office, he pissed on him again, you know, like, and. It's and it's just it's like that. I don't know if it's like sadomasochistic, well, like you know, <laughs> like seeking behavior. But you're, I mean, he is like he is a con a man con through man. and through. Um, but it's uh, you know, I we talked about it. I think on one of the last episodes where it's like that critical thinking element, you know, and and I feel like especially when it comes to scams and cons, that is such an 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 important piece, right? To have right. that moment where you go, it's okay for me to say, hold on, is this legit? Right. Right. And there's not enough of that, I guess, you know, because well, like people- I, I can, I, I can imagine that being in a position where there's no, you know, there's no jobs in your area, you know, there's no, you're losing your house right. you know, or your, you know, your family's sick, whatever it is that may be going on. And you feel like despite all of your best efforts, despite the best efforts of the people around you that, you know, ultimately you've been forgotten and that it's the, you know, these, what, what you hear is that it's the liberal elites in the coastal cities who have taken away all of this stuff and are hoarding it for themselves, you know, but it's like, where the f*** did this dude live in right. New York City? Like, what? what is he? He's part of the elite. At least he claims to be. Like, why Why do you listen to him despite every, you know? I mean, it's literally the dude's pissing in your face and telling you it's raining. <laughs> like, that's literally what it is. I just don't, I don't get that. I don't how, I, I, I get, I'm sorry. It's not, I just, you get it. You can't accept it. 
Yeah, like that's, I guess like that's, that's, that's what it really that's, boils down. I can't accept that there are people out there who are willing to be that blind to to what is so obvious. No, so you can't accept that is their reality doesn't change the fact that is their reality. Like that's that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Right. And being able to just be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I totally get that. I can't accept. I mean, but whose reality is realer? I mean, (laughs) 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 yeah, you know how I feel about philosophy, right? But (laughs) my my point is like you can't accept it. Like I, yeah, but you can try to understand it. You're not. You don't have to accept it, but understand where they're coming from. That's the part that's missing, right? I may not accept. Like I don't accept people being racist, but I can understand why they're racist. I'm not saying it's okay, but yeah, you can work on that. But I can understand that if that's the way you you really see the world. Um, and and what's interesting, like we talked about critical thinking. Like I've listened to a couple of news stories, like on NPR, and that's a term that keeps popping up now is critical thinking. And I'm like, well, look at that, Jimmy. Like, where do we stop using these basic skills of actually asking better questions? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it, you know, part of it to me, it feels like it's a there's a lazy element to it. You know, we talked earlier about the trust, the inherent trust that is put in companies, right? Or you know, big tech, if we want right. to use this stupid <sighs> term. Um, oh, that makes me cringe all the time. But it's, I think, to some degree, it's like you know, at some point, people said, "Well, if the government's letting it happen, then it must be okay." You know, and then and feeling like the government is some amorphous entity, you know, that this know all be all that ultimately is going to, you know, dole out justice where necessary and right wrongs and protect the innocent and all of that. And it's like, you know, I there's I think it's it's this abdication of responsibility is part of what it boils down to, that people don't want to be responsible for that or they they felt like at some point they didn't have to be and so they stopped paying attention to it and now we turn around and go, oh shit, you know, like all of this right. stuff is on fire, our infrastructure is falling apart, our economy, you know, is in tatters because we failed to support 80% of the employee employers in this economy, <laughs> right? Like in this country, the small businesses. Wow, we managed to siphon off billions of dollars to large organizations that didn't need it and right. did not help hardly anybody that didn't. And it's just like I I you know what's funny the the thing you said about Ted Cruz and uh he, he was the movie reference or yeah. yeah, who watches the Watchmen, not Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> But if, but if you think about it, there, you know, if art reflects our society at a moment, that's, we've been living in this moment for a long time. Yeah. Um, and if you look at uh, sci-fi from the advent of Star Wars, Star Trek, and as those, um, those particular, those particular story points have, they've really reflected what's in our society and Star Wars fairly accurately uh star trek kind of the aspirational of what we could do yeah um but even there right like there were elements of you know like how close human civilization came to 
destroying themselves yeah. right before it was kind of like okay okay we're not gonna <laughs> kill each other <laughs> anymore and now we're cool right like it took that yeah. ultimately so there's there's even an element of that absolutely and there's and we actually what's in, what i'm finding more and more like fascinating is that i've heard some what i would say are very intelligent people make reference to science fiction environments as to the state of our society. But without even asking the question or the real question of like, what are we actually doing wrong? What have we done well, right? Let's stop looking to things that aren't even real. And let's address the fact that these are real people. These are real situations. And do we understand them? as opposed to being so distant and disassociating ourselves from reality. So I think both sides of the argument have a, a, or showing in my opinion, a, a tendency to not accept reality for what it is. Your feeling of not, the way you can, you're saying all the right things, but it's not that you don't like it. It's just, you can't accept it. Yeah. That is a, that's okay. But you just have to step back and say, but do I understand them? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I ultimately, uh, yes, I, I can't accept it because I don't want, I don't want to believe that I, you know, part of it ultimately I think is that I don't want to believe there are people that are that bad off in this country, you know, like you well, well get over it. And no, I know. I, but you know, like <laughs> I'm just saying subconsciously, right? Like that right. It, it's because it is one of those things living you know, in the fortunate life that I do. Like, I just. It's okay. Yeah, like that's no, to, I be on, to be honest, like it, that is a, um, that is a BS liberal point of view, right? Liberals have it. And this is just like how I would see a lot of, no, this is really happening. Like you guys pretend like it's not happening it really is happening until somebody goes to the inner city until somebody goes to like rural America and asks different, different and real questions, your fantasy BS. Yeah. Nobody cares because people are hurting. You just pick the geography you want to look at and go find them. Um, And that's where, and that's okay, but you just have to get over the fact that you don't, and it's not wrong to not want to let that be like, it's not wrong to feel like that's you know, th- it's hard to believe people are like that, but it doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's one of those where it, it almost becomes this, you know, like the inverse of the, what I'm sure is a somewhat misquoted, you know, famously misquoted line from JFK where it's like, ask not what you your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And it, you know, it's in a lot of ways, it seems like people, you know, it's, they almost, um, resent those who receive help from the government. Right. Because, well, why should that person get help when, you know, I don't qualify for that help, you know, but I feel like I should, you know, maybe it, maybe it's by a couple thousand dollars a year, right? That I'm right. just outside of qualifying for that help. But I, where I guess I still just, what it seems to me is like instead of saying, 
The problem may be at the policy level, at the legislative level. Let me figure out how to go about trying to enact change there or get involved in order to make things better. It's like people are, well, fuck that guy who's getting help, you know? And that's the thing where it's like, you know, and especially you call yourself a Christian and you act that way, right? Where it's like, (laughs) that's what I, I, again, it's just this massive disconnect, you know, and, and then to see people who, again, who, who proclaim, you know, to be guided by their faith and stuff like that, who support like these QAnon conspiracy theories and the people in Congress who believe that stuff. That's, those are the things where I'm just like, I don't understand how you can reconcile those two stark differences in your belief system like how your brain isn't just experiencing a tornado constantly (laughs) but you understand that politicians do like um, what's expedient for them oh and i'm not even but like it and but you also understand that people love their comfort the minute you make somebody uncomfortable yeah, you might. But aren't you, you uncomfortable you, supporting a fucking nut job? Like, that, like that's you know, like that's but, where I I'm trying but, but to reckon. My, that's where I'm trying Chris, to understand. Chris, my lights are on. Chris, I just bought a new car. Chris, I just bought. I mean, things are not. In, they're not all bad for me. That's that's what I'm saying. The minute you start to make people question, like, what you're actually saying, right? You're a Christian, but you're okay with that, and you support this. You're take you're poking a hole in their bubble and that's where you know we one of the first things we talked about was the fact that we always had to remember we live in disneyland right yeah things aren't ideal for everybody but for a vast majority of people that live where we live they're okay yeah and if you don't remember that if we don't remember that then it's like it's kind of hard to look at our neighbors in the eastern part of the state that have probably that are probably going through hell you know, or the western part of our state, um, like past Winston-Salem. But not to fact. the point where I would say, f*** them, you know? No, of course not. Right? Like, but not I, to the point where I would say, well, then it do- it doesn't exist. I, you know, if they say they need help, then I'm going to go, well, I don't know if they really need help. They're probably just being lazy about it, right? Like, that's where I, I feel lo- like we're at a lot of times, <laughs> where it's just like this... You know, the the belief that everybody that's on welfare or that's on food stamps or whatever, you know, is inherently lazy and just isn't trying hard enough or, you know, whatever it may be. And I I heard something that kind of that kind of makes me think about what you're saying. I was listening to the uh, NCAE uh, chair today and her she started off really strong. Like, you know, in order for kids to get back in school, we need to make sure we have protections, blah, blah, blah. Then she said we should end funding to, uh, or we should stop funding, uh, what is it, private school vouchers. I'm like, are the two things related? That's how we get kids back to school, stop funding private school vouchers. Like, and I I got part of her argument. I'm like, if you're probably going to a private school or something like, you know, I I get the whole, I know the whole voucher, three card Monty. I get that. But why wouldn't you? why would you that, set it up as just like a scholarship system, right? Like you qualify right. for it if you need it to go to a private school, if you know, and if you don't, then you don't. Cool. <laughs> but it's like she took that moment to take a jab at something else. I'm like, but is that what you're trying to accomplish, or are you trying to get, you know, trying to support kids going back to in-person learning? Yeah, the whole like I'm going to shoehorn by association, <laughs> you know, like yeah. 
But that's, I mean, we do that stuff all the time. It's just like, it becomes, it's part of our, our D our social DNA now. Yeah. You know? And it's like, Where, you know, you know, who's really bad? The devil. Speaking of the <laughs> devil, this is my, my opponent over here. You know, uh, it's like that simple association. Like that guy's the devil. You know, that's, I mean, but it, that's that again, right. Where that whole critical thinking thing comes in, where you have to sit there and go, Oh, I see what he was trying to do. Right. Yeah. And, and which to me comes back to our education system. Right. So <laughs> how do we fix the education system? Like why aren't you know, it's the, 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 I know it's a very popular meeting amongst the liberal folks right now, but this, you know, with the uh, Biden executive order around trying to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. And people are like, well, at $15 an hour, some guy flipping burgers at McDonald's is going to be making $31,000 a year. And teachers are only getting paid 33000 So you think some guy flipping burgers should get paid as much as a teacher? And it's like, you think the problem is we're paying the guy flipping burgers too much and not that the teacher's not getting paid enough? <laughs> Like, we have all these circular, stupid arguments on the, on the wrong thing. Right. Fall. It's the, it is, it's the stupid three card Monty where it's like, look over here. The real problem is, you know, it's the immigrants. Wait, no, it's the Islamic terrorists. Wait, no, it's, you know, big business. No, it's big tech. No, it's oil. You know, like it's big pharma. Holy <laughs> fucking crap. How many goddamn enemies do we have here? Like, <laughs> How many? I, this isn't three card money. This is like fifty two card Monty. We got the whole deck out here. We got to find one. Good luck, right? Jeez. <laughs> now find the apple. The apple. There's a. And what they did, you know what they did was they flipped the trump card over, and they just kept showing us that one for the last four years. I said, "Find the trump card." We went it's right there. I found it. I just think. I mean, you're right. Like the whole $15 an hour thing. Um, I, I read an article. McDonald's is kind of like, they, and their statement makes sense. Just phase it in. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which is I'm, the I'm, plan anyways, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Because you can't fight it. You, you, you honestly cannot fight that. Right. I, what are you going to do if you're McDonald's? No, right. we vehemently oppose, you know, what... <laughs> Looking at the math essentially equates to paying somebody a living wage, even though but, we fully understand that we have people who are lifetime employees in these roles. And my my argument will always be, why doesn't the employer pay a fair wage? Right. Like you can't tell me any. You can't. And and why why do why does America? Why do they, why do why do Americans support those companies that don't pay right. their employees a living wage, right? Like a right. fair wage. That's that's the other question. You know, it's like I'm sitting here wondering if I need to stop shopping at Publix now because of this whole oh. donation stuff. You know, and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I I almost I almost tweeted about that. I was like, nah, I'm just I'm just not going to do it. But I'm like, man, I know. Like, can't you guys just? And here's my thing, though. This is this is it's a slippery slope, it is. right? Can can we basically are we basically saying that you can't have an opinion, right? At some level, it right. becomes like the social thought police. Yeah, and it's like, all right, but is there a limit, or you know, is there a rule book on this? Or are we? 
are we trying to say that that everybody can't be racist because we know that's probably not going to change for in forever um are we saying people can't have opinions is it is it a cancel like totally or is it a boycott you know are there you know is there is there a is there some bounds to this because i personally was thinking well, number one, she's an heiress. She she doesn't really do anything with her day to day. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, it's not like they're selling like you know blackface dolls in Publix. No, you know? and and right, you know, like ultimately, is me shopping at Publix really like? Is she gonna? Is she benefiting significantly because I shop at Publix? Right. You know, right. Like it, it's it's one of those questions. It is. Um, I mean, and I, you know, it's. Like my um, pillow, the my pillow guy. Nah, he's done. Goya. Yeah. <laughs> well, but see, like that's what I'm saying. I mean, like Goya. Like I mean, you know. You know what that did to my house? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, that's okay. And see, this is where I, you know, like we've talked a little bit about cancel culture being kind of like the modern day boycott. But I guess the question I have is, when it came to boycotting. Was there that social pressure to join the boycott? You know, like, or was it just like, I'm not, you know, like, this is my personal stance is, you know, like, I'm not going to eat at Chick-fil-A because of their stance on, you know, homosexuality or whatever back in the day. Right. If like, I I don't care if other people want to eat at Chick-fil-A, obviously that's your choice, but I've personally made the decision and I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Right. But when everybody's like, Hey, we're going to Chick-fil-A, I'd be like, no, that's cool. I don't really feel like it. Right. Or is it intentional? So, okay. But then, right. Like, so then is it when people now, cause it feels like where we're at is, you know, I'm not going to go to Chick-fil-A and I'm also going to judge the fuck out of everybody that does go to Chick-fil-A because how dare you? Don't you know what they do, what they support, what that money is ultimately benefiting? Right? Like, that's where I feel like like that whole... So that's where I think cancel culture, like the judgment part, right? Yeah. So I, if enough of us believe that what they're doing is wrong, we should just not... Pardon me. We should just not go. We right. can voice our opinion to our... Our, our own social groups and if it catches on it catches on i don't think you should shame or judge people for wanting the chicken sandwich i think that i mean if we're going to use chick-fil-a for yeah, example right i think that's personally wrong um i but i do believe that collectively as a society if, if I, the way i look at it is these companies have a larger voice in our political system than we the people do in some instances right which yeah underlies uh, another problem right yeah. like <laughs> that should also be addressed ultimately yeah. is like we should get corporate you know money out, money of, politics. out of politics yes like there's so, no but reason I, but i do believe we have the right I and mean, because we're not i mean if the same company can say well you have to wear a mask when you come inside of our store then I can also say, well, I don't have to shop at your store. Right. right? So what I don't have the right to say is you can't tell me I have to wear a mask to walk in. You know, I mean, like right. this are the dances we're do that we're dancing around, like in the public thing, it really made me think I'm like, well, what's the right thing to do here? If they're saying corporately, she has nothing to do with their day-to-day operations. That's her money. Yeah. Are we trying to, and I say this not with, not giving people a free pass to be ignorant and racist. 
we shouldn't try to, we should want different ideas, thoughts, and opinions. We may not like or agree with them, but they should not be, uh, like people should not be like, they shouldn't they, be excluded be, from the conversation. Yeah. 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 Because I think there's a, I, I'm not taking the extreme like, uh, position about quote unquote cancel culture. I'm just saying like, at some point you have to kind of step back and say, but why aren't we listening to their concerns? If they're valid concerns, if they're being voiced respect, you know, respectfully, we should listen to their, you know, to a dissenting voice. Well, and that's, that's where I think, you know, a lot of people have, have taken issue lately, right. Is the, is the feeling that that latter part of not voicing it respectfully is is what and not specifically in the case of like the heiress because obviously you spend your money however you want like that's you know right. not being disrespectful but in terms of like the you know the trump crowds and stuff like that where it's like guys we sat here for four fucking years and kind of like just nodded and said look it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be okay like we'll give you some credit there but please don't pretend like this man is you know more than he actually is and all you got and the feeling i think for a lot of people is you know on the other side it's like well how dare you you know question the person that i support you're all, thereby questioning me and how right this whole how can you possibly support him he's such a terrible person you know how stupid are you is where the conversation i feel like ultimately right. ends up getting to and it's like well what are you going to ex- expect you're going to back somebody into a corner by calling them names and questioning their intelligence and they're ultimately probably going to come out swinging <laughs> well I, i've had a number of conversations with with trump supporters and i'm i'm probably not the person that you want to have those conversations with because like I'm kind of patient about it. Like, oh, okay. So tell me how he, you know, lower taxes. Yeah. Tell, no, no, really. What, what do you see? Do? And that's the other thing that pisses me off on Twitter is that you <laughs> follow up some stupid comment, you know, or you reply <laughs> to somebody's stupid comment and they never come back. You know, they saw it. Oh, I don't. Well, I only engage with people that like legit want to engage with me. Right. And it, Except for the the one person, I forget who they were. I just had to block them. Like, look, I'm working right now. I, I don't have all day for this. And I literally said that to Twitter. Like, I have stuff to do. Like, this is it right here. And I, I respond back like, all right, you got me. You sucked me into this conversation. But this is literally it. <laughs> and it's just that, you know, the things that people would say about the, the former administration, taxes. Okay, please help me understand that. And... I would let them tell me, well, he lowered taxes for the middle class. Did he? So how? Like, because what, from what I understand, this is, you know, I'm telling the facts and they would get quiet. Well, immigration, he, he's building the wall. He 400 feet of it. Whatever. Yeah. Like 400 feet of wall. Okay. So what else are you talking about? You know, well, he had the ban, the Muslim ban, the, the, the xenophobic thing like that. That's what we're talking about. Well, well then he banned China, remember? He, yeah. Before yeah, it was cool to ban China. <laughs> it's just like nothing. It, it was just like, it's. it was never factual. It well, was always a talking point. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, as as much focus as, as has been placed on the, f- you know, flurry of executive orders that have been signed in the first, you know, two weeks of uh, President Biden's administration, at the same time, those aren't 
Those aren't things where he's going, boom, I'm done, right? These are executive yeah. orders saying, this is what I am. Est- I'm establishing a task force to look into this, right? I'm, I'm, right. I am l- signifying to this agency that I am going to be, you know, making changes to this and I want these changes to be in place. You know, it's like basically just letting everybody know, hey, by the way, this is what we're getting ready to get done. Yeah. You know, and that's all those really are ultimately in a lot of and ways. He knows they don't have bite. Right. It's like the whole, it's like the stimulus package. Yeah. I, I, this is, again, I, I think that president Biden's going to do a a fantastic job as president of the United States, because whether it's his experience and as a vice president or as, as with his experience as the uh, Senator from Delaware, he's very measured in what he says and what he does, you know? Uh, Now, and he has a little bit of bite to him when somebody asked him about the, uh, say, Will you the... shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he's said and done two things where I'm just kind of like, Oh, now respect. He goes, anybody that's disrespectful and I catch you, you're fired immediately. I'm like, yeah, I love that. And the other thing was when somebody asked him about his daily or his goal of, uh, of vaccinations, he goes, but you guys told me that was out of reach. Uh, when I first said it, then he just got up and walked away. I was like, I, I think that's really just kind of like, look, he's let the guy do his job. Yeah. It's not that he's on a honeymoon. It's just let him do his job. Yes. You guys can ask him questions. And, and the press secretary uh, Pansky is doing a phenomenal job. Um, I watched her, her, her press briefing today and she actually followed up on questions that people asked her last week. She just can't answer. You to. mean she's circled back? <laughs> yeah, <is> she- <laughs> apparently that's like a big thing because yeah. you know god forbid i admit that i don't have that answer immediately available but confirm to you that i will work to get an answer and will provide it in a timely manner and then yeah. actually and i i do like i get right over the last four years how many times well i'll have to get back to you on that especially like yeah. spicy off the right off the bat you know <laughs> like that dude was terrible about that <laughs> You know, and then like, I mean, think about all the different freaking. He had five of them. Five. Is that counting Scaramucci? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I I really do enjoy Scaramucci. I I'm don't. Like, I, I can't I, stand him. <laughs> I really like from the moment I learned that that man existed, I was just like, ew. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box, raising the bar, breaking down silos, shifting the paradigm, disrupting the market, business. So I miss the uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, Robin Hood CEO uh, interview. I, I want. I don't want to watch it on YouTube, but I heard it was pretty funny. It was. Uh, I mean, you know, like I, you know, Chris. Did he's, his Chris Slade the guy? Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Well, okay. I mean, and, and not even." I just, just that's what I love about Chris Cuomo is when he he's like he's he's being a dick without being a dick, you know. He's <laughs> like the guy would say something and be like, "Okay, you know, like Jared, I get that, but you know X Y Z." So explain that, and they got well. Uh, I mean, you know, look the, the so that whole thing. I just don't 
I, I get it. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to get your opinion on it more than anything. Like, the whole GameStop shortings, you know, Reddit. Uh, first of all, we should never be allowed to short stocks. Yeah. That's... That, should, that should be, like, first and foremost. That should not be a thing. And my only thought on that was, what is, he, what is the FTC and what is the SEC doing right now? What is They continuously fail all the time. The reason why people have this unrealistic view of the stock market is because of those two agencies. Huh. Plain and simple. You look at 0809 with the housing bubble. You look at uh, the, the tech bubble back in the early yeah, late the dot 90s. com bubble. Dot com like, bubble. Yeah. They continuously set us up for failure. I personally agree they didn't have enough cash to cover if people cashed in. Period. Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I personally, I, but what I guess I didn't understand was that they were letting people still sell the stock. Yes. Right. Because they couldn't, they couldn't shut it off without getting themselves in trouble, but they could shut off part of it. They could arguing that they they, didn't have the funds to be able to cover it. Well, they didn't, they have it. They didn't, they just recently admitted that. Right. But here's, here's my true thing. My true issue with that is, yes, the stock market should be more democratized. I do agree with that. It shouldn't be such a high barrier to entry. I don't know if apps like Robinhood, and I know there's a couple others, but Robinhood, yeah. Robinhood gets the most press. I don't think they should exist. Like, I think it should be, it's going to happen I just don't think it should be like a, it's they're like hobby companies, basically. Like they're not really in it for the long haul. So whether it's a separate exchange that's regulated by, you know, the right, that should be regulated. Uh, But I don't think those apps should exist in my opinion. What about, I mean, like E-Trade and Scott trade and all that stuff. You feel like those websites are the same general idea or they're just more expensive. They're for like people that actually have the money. Right. So I, I I understand the purpose of Robin hood. Right. One of my sons was trying to use, I'm like, I think that's, that's a terrible idea. And the reason being is because you're not playing candy crush. Right. Like you could literally lose a lot of money. I saw the uh, GameStop price on on my uh, my tracker. Yeah, you know I have my own tracker, but it's not like those little corny ones. And it kept popping up. I'm like thirty two dollars, and then I go and look at the history of the stock. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I know that I when I buy games, I just download them. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't go to GameStop. Right. That's why so, their whole industry is. Yeah it's doomed to fail. And I'm looking at the, and I start watching the price and then I get the news about uh, what was going on with Reddit. I'm like, these guys are going to screw that company. Yeah. Like any opportunity that they had to bail out, possibly restructure, possibly uh, become like a, you know, sell their company. They've now screwed it up. Right. So I, I think that the, not saying that the company's the victim, but in this Right, and not the intended victim, right? It's right. Like, I mean, the Reddit people weren't going at it like, let's let's fuck over GameStop. I mean, I don't think so. At least that wasn't my, I mean, maybe, they were going you know, like maybe they've, they they were like, you know what? We, we feel like we've been getting ripped off on our trade in prices for years. 
I give you this game, you give me four dollars for it, and I walk back in next <laughs> week and I see it on the shelf for thirty four ninety nine. You're telling me it costs you thirty dollars to clean that game up and put it on the shelf with the sticker? <laughs> I, th- I do. <laughs> I want my money in blood, GameStop. <laughs> We're taking you out, B. <laughs> uh, I I do believe that the hedge funds, um, they they are a viable target. You know? Yes. Um, I I, mean, I just don't. Ultimately, just, they put themselves in a really stupid like over leveraged position to begin with, right? Knowing that what should have happened is that the stock should have kept going down and they should have made a bunch of money on it. Right. In large part, because they were shorting the shit out of it. You think people don't know they're shorting the, that's my point. Right. You think people don't know that they're shorting the stock. So I just think that shorting stocks, it's a terrible practice. Why it is, is anything. I mean, I, I don't know. I have my issues with the stock market in general, at least the yeah. way that it is right now, because it's it's worse than legalized gambling because I feel like it's it's way less regulated than that. You know, what I mean, like in in the NFL, right? When it comes to sports gambling, there is a specific chain of information that has to occur in a certain amount of time every week in terms of injury news for players because of gambling and for no other reason. Right. Right. Like right. you can't go into the end of the week saying Ben Roethlisberger is going to be our starting quarterback and then find out the, the, you know, at game start that he's had, you know, shoulder surgery three weeks ago or whatever. Right. Like that's, because there's but, regulations around these things. And then the stock market, I mean, they try this like insider trading and, you know, like all of this information and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, but who you, do they catch? They catch fucking Martha Stewart. But you have to, all right. So I'm not, I don't disagree. She's America's but, sweetheart. Well, actually, I think she should have gone to jail. Yeah. Um, look, I'm just saying <laughs> of all the people, right? Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I, I thought her stock was way overvalued and yeah. it was 85% inflated because of her name. But I, here's what I'll say. There is a lot of homework, whether it's looking at public filings, whether it's like doing your own homework and your own math to, to like validate the PEs, to validate the assets, to validate the liabilities, to look at a prospectus, to look at, I mean, you can look at any publicly traded company. You can look at everything they're doing, period. It's, but it's not like one of those things where, and I get there are day traders. I know there, there are people out there that do a lot of penny stocks. Get it. They do a different type of research. But yeah. for the average person, it, all right, not a ramp, but kind of a ramp. Like I still think 401ks were just a way for companies to get out of paying pensions, period. And a way to funnel money back into corporate America. That too. It was, it was, uh, it was a, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. it was number one first. And then they said, oh, and by the way, we're then going to put this money back into your pocket right. as long as you're a publicly traded company. Well, but under more or less. I mean, not directly, but well, yeah, more or less. Right. right? Like, it, I mean, <laughs> what is the stock it's a market good way doing to invest in companies? So it's a good way to, to raise cash. Right. And then the thing, the, the timing part on stock buybacks and dividends. That's all an extra layer of this. And I'm not a professional trader, but I, I know enough to get, I know enough to know enough, right? And I think that there are some things like a Robin Hood. It's not a bad idea. I, you know, it, it just wasn't implemented correctly. And I think that there should probably either A, be a different exchange for certain companies that maybe that don't have the market cap 
to be traded like that. Um, and I don't have an answer for it, but I can tell you that that will not be the last time AMC. And uh, there's another couple of companies that they're trying to do, you know, yep, to do the same, to do the same thing, thing for. It's just, it's just not a good practice. Um, well, and you have, I mean, the companies die like that's, well, that's yes. the, and, and, but I guess like my other concern or my other issue with this is you have some of these folks in the Reddit community, right. That got in at four or $5 and sold it $350. Right. Right. If they were able to, or whatever it was, and they made a shit ton of money and they walked away. And then you're going to have other folks in the Reddit community who got in halfway through <laughs> because they were trying, you know, like trying to get in and, and continue this drive and they're going to hold on to it and GameStop's going to go back down to nothing and they're going to lose a fortune, right? And so it's like... That's, that's their fault. I Yeah, I don't... You're right. It is their fault. But I just... Ultimately, I don't know. It's The whole thing just seems so fucking screwy. It's part of the reason that I... Like, I'm have no interest in quote unquote playing the stock market. You know, like I, yeah, I have my not, retirement not, <laughs> funds. Like <laughs> it's not a game. Yeah. It's, it's just the way to where, like, and that's to, another thing I, I struggle with is that like your retirement fund should not be in something as volatile as a stock market. Like I just fundamentally think that is wrong. I, I don't know how we, how we pivoted to that. It's just stupid. Well, it a, it beca- a lot of it was because it was pitched under this idea that if you diversify your funds enough over time, everything goes up, right? That like the stock market overall on average continues to climb up, blah, 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 blah. And so if you just, if you, if you're diversified enough and you invest in one of these portfolios that has little itty bits and pieces of everything, then everything kind of balances out over time and a, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And and the average American still doesn't have enough money for retirement. Yeah. That's, that's the, the end of the story. And I've, I've always looked at the 401ks as, um, and I don't know which lobbyists were behind that. I don't know where they worked at. I, I, well, they're probably sleeping pretty well at night, but I just don't see how they can. Because when you look at every time we've in the last 15 years, we've had major dips in the stock market and we've watched like people's retirements just like go to crap. Yeah. And on top of that, the tax liability on 401ks is outrageous. It makes no sense. So all the gains that you potentially, you may or may not get. Yeah. You end up getting screwed in taxes at the end. Yeah, because God forbid that you're in a higher tax bracket when you go to cash out from your 401k. Right. And it turns out, oh, you were actually better just pocketing that money, paying taxes on it up front, and investing it in a freaking CD that you then compound right. and invest over time. So I don't know who the real winner is with 401. And I'm not saying this. I, I love this stuff. I listen to CNBC a lot. But I, I just like- don't. I just think it's wrong that that's what we're doing to people. And, and yeah, like it's frustrating because as as an employee, right, I don't get to sit here and say, I don't want my 3% match in a 401k. Just pay my 3% match in freaking income. Put it in a pension. Know? Yeah, put or it in put a pension. It, put it in a savings account for me in yeah. a cash cash account somewhere. Like I'd, re- I'd rather have a CD. I'd rather have you know a money market fund somewhere. Do you know what one I, of my I, favorite I, things was? What's that? When I realized I had savings bonds. 
oh, when yeah, I was yeah. a kid, right? <laughs> like that are just now reaching like full maturity. maturity. Yeah. <laughs> and stopped accruing. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can go cash these in. Cause it's literally money in the bank that you don't have access to. Right. You know, and that's part of the idea behind the 401k is like you put all these penalties and everything in place so that the money goes in and you are trying to encourage people by making it pre-tax and all this other stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Let alone the fact that you don't take the time to explain that over time, like it doesn't really make all of that much sense to keep putting money into it or explain how people can actually effectively manage their types of retirement. Again, nothing that is ever covered in school, right? Like no, no public education on how to prepare for retirement. No, you know, how to manage your finances. Like that's a good point. So financial literacy is still a problem in this country. Huge. Uh, And the only reason I know this stuff was because I I love to read. Right. Uh, the only reason I know about the stock market is I used to invest more than I do now, but I did a lot of reading and, and a lot of trial and error and, you know, it took my bumps and bruises, but I, I've always said, and ever since the 401k became a, a popular investing tool and became so consumerized, I, I was just like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. And we've never, like, if you look at our job market, it's a direct reflection. First of all, a 3% match. Yeah. I'll, because it's a tax write-off. Right, exactly. And it's then they right, pitch it as as this, you know, oh, we're so nice, you know? Yeah, you're not nice. You're getting, it's a tax write-off for you. Exactly. That's why they encourage you to sign up for it, right? Donald uh, Trump was such a nice guy by donating his presidential salary. It's a tax write-off. Like, those things, things like that, people just, like, it, it's... it's I, that's I, where I feel like there's a level of willful ignorance, you know? Like, or, or just, you know, like I'm, I'm choosing to, to ignore the fact that this is here and, and I'm just going to believe that ultimately because I, I I don't know, man, like I'm with you. Like I just, I used to work at one company that gave us stock options, which by the way, is it's one of the best bonuses you can ever get. (laughs) Like, it's just like dope. Um, but there are some there are some times where like companies don't not not to their not because they're bad it's it's because there's a benefit for them to not be so forthcoming with all the information right uh, and, and I just think that you know maybe it is a willful ignorance or maybe there's too much information coming at people at one time maybe maybe it is an educational problem I don't know but I I think that we have um, we're showing that we have a habit of doing like super risky things without thinking about the consequences. And I I think that, you know, it's kind of the the whole thing with GameStop was like, what, what are we doing? You know, like we froze trading during the COVID panic, like literally like just, stop trading and at some point nobody now i don't know what would have been the trigger for gamestop if they would have hit a threshold um and i didn't i don't remember the chart all the way but, no, it, but it's was, like right it's because it was localized in one specific stock as opposed to during the across COVID, the board yeah where yeah. it was just everybody bailing i mean you were talking about people losing their retirement like my dad was in a freaking panic 
when all yeah. of that was going on at the beginning of the COVID crisis because he's sitting there going, I can't, if this happens again tomorrow, I've literally got nothing left. Like, I don't know yeah. what to do. I'm panicking, thinking I got to take this all out. And I've got my financial advisor saying, Bob, you literally can't take that hit. If yeah. if you bail now, you are you are putting you're all screwed. of that money that you've already lost. You're just saying goodbye to it. And it's, you know, like, just stick with it and... You know, like it's, but it's, it, you know, in that moment when, you know, you're looking at it and you're watching your account just disappear, even though that you're not spending any of that money. I remember there's a time some years ago where um, there was a month I couldn't watch like the stocks because I was just taking like, it was literally like a bloodbath every 30 minutes. And I was like, all right, this is not healthy. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got to cut this out. This is like uh, 90, 98. I don't remember what it was in 98. Uh, what was it that maybe, I don't know, but it was the market was just having uh, just a crap of a time. Yeah. And I literally just had to like cut it all out. So look, just, it's a long haul game. You go buy some cheap stock. Like, you know, I bought a crap ton of Playtex at the time. And, um, there was a insulation company I bought too. And it just kind of covered my losses and then I made some more money. But you, it's not like a, my retirement wasn't wrapped up in it. This is investments. And right. if you think about somebody that's, those, that's just money for investments, what do you do about retirement? If your retirement's wrapped, especially if you're close to retirement. Yeah. And I've been hearing for years, social security will not exist when I retire. So anyway, that's a, yeah, I don't know. I I think GameStop, the company is ultimately going to be the loser in this one. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, cause it's like you talked about earlier. I mean, any real chance that they had for reorganization, you know, and uh, eliminating some of their debt is basically out the window now. And, um, I mean, yeah, like a bunch of people are, are like you just said, they're going to take a bloodbath on this. Unfortunately, yeah. some of them are going to be head fund people. Some of them are going to be individuals and some of them are going to be GameStop. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it certainly feels like it was a very big middle finger to the hedge fund folks. Right. Um, with not a whole lot of thought as kind of what the exit strategy was or who else might get wrapped up in it. But uh, I mean, if we're being honest, I think that's where a lot of shit like that is, you know? Yeah. The, the individual investors that may lose money, um, I get it. And it was like this whole, um, let's get on the bandwagon type of movement. Yep. But what I will say for the hedge funds is that as more technology like levels the playing field in hard to reach and hard to access areas, not just hedge funds, but just big companies in general. Like you got to tread lightly because yeah. you can get taken out by uh, a small computer sh or a small shop somewhere. Uh, it, it's going to force innovation. It's going to force um, uh, more transparency, which is something that gets thrown around a lot. And it's not really a thing. Um, and it's going to, 
you don't want a volatile marketplace, basically, is what I'm saying. I mean, you remember five years ago when it was all the DDoS attacks, right? Yeah. And th- those weren't, you know, massive groups of online hackers coordinating right. together. It was two or three people. Like, yep. you know, like that's all it takes. It doesn't take much when you have so much. Like it really, it's, it so much kind of writing on all of that technology or or the information whatever it is that you has kind of been your specialty you know like you're saying the technology that's available now is leveling that playing field and making it so that the individual investors have the ability now to communicate and coordinate as though they were a large hedge fund you know and it's I think going to be very interesting to see how the SEC and the F, you know um, FCC kind of like ultimately, go through this investigation and what comes out of it. Because in some ways, what uh, what a lot of people feel is like, well, it's okay when the hedge funds do it. You know, they can short the stock all day long, knowing that simply by shorting it more, it's going to go down more. But you're saying that a group of individuals can't do the can't opposite, yeah. you know, because that's stock manipulation. Like, how is one, you know, okay, but the other isn't? Because I, frankly don't really understand how it is that you can sit there and argue that you can't, there's no argument. There's no, there's no argument that stands that would, that would stand up, stand up. Yeah. It's just like, guys, I just, so then do, you know, is it the sec caping up for the hedge funds? Right. And coming in and, and squashing the little guy and saying, Nope, it's not a fair playing field and you've got to be this tall to ride. And I mean, you like, the the only out you have is to um, you change the market cap requirements for what's on a public exchange, right? So I know GameStop's a small company; they're a smaller company, right? Um, and if they're that, if they're the change in that one company was that volatile, and it caused that much of an impact, if you find the next one, what happens, right? right. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's it's Pandora's box. It's not an ethics question. It's more of a okay, is what we're doing is is how we're allowing these independent brokers onto the exchange, is that too risky? And then you have to ask yourself, are the rules we're playing by, such as shorting stocks and shorting companies, is that now is that ethical? Right. I mean, um, is to me that's like sitting there saying you know, I want to put $50 on, you know, uh, Tom Brady tearing his ACL in the first half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll just, just give me the $50. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's, we don't have those bets because that's a fucked up thing to bet on. Right. You know? And so that's what I'm sitting here like, how is it any different to say? That's a very good way to look at I it. I want to bet that this company is going to fail or do really poorly. And I want to benefit just because, you know, like, that's the whole thing. If the company sucks, the company sucks and it's going to go under. Right. Why do you need to profit? Push it from yeah. that you know or, or yeah like why do you need to freaking step on its head and push it back underwater the damn thing like they're trying to <laughs> tread water here and you're like here's an anvil can you and swim th- now like and i think there were six hedge funds that shorted the stock and yeah. which which is which in and of itself tells you a lot about 
those firms. Right. You know? Those guys uh, were all coordinating, right? Yeah. They all looked at it and talked and said, oh, man, we're all, you know, we're shorting GameStop. We're going to make a shit ton of money on this. We're driving it all the way down to $4. We're going to put, you know, like, you guys yeah. got to get in on this. Yeah. And what if, and what if GameStop becomes like a, a, what if Google buys GameStop and makes them their Stadia, like brick and mortar locations? Or what if they get into a good partnership with Xbox, right? Or what if they get into, I mean, these are things that when you start doing, I believe when you start doing things like that, you don't allow companies to think of ways to help them to stay in business and serve customers. Exactly. So I, I was, I've ne- I'm, there are a couple of things about the markets I don't understand. I don't understand commodities. I have a uh, limited Just understanding. Trading places, frozen <laughs> orange juice concentrate. Currencies confuse the hell out of me. Um, but I don't. I've I've never understood the, the the what I call inverse trading, where you're shorting stocks and you're you're buying on uh, options and crap like that. And, and th- those are complex, like things in my mind i could understand them but it's just like but why right Right? yeah it's it literally seems like you had a bunch of rich guys sitting around who got bored buying and selling stocks (laughs) and they went this is i need something else here i bet you 50 bucks this stock's gonna go down and someone said i'll take that action and then it be and then they literally well why can't we do this legally you know, and the SEC said, fuck if I know, what am I here? You know, like, what do I do? Yeah, right? What am I here for? Like, why are you asking me? Oh, yeah, here's a good idea. Let's uh, make a, a fun with uh, risky mortgage uh, loans. Yeah, that's a good. Idea. Yeah, there you go. That's a Let's great product. Books. Yeah. Let's just pretend like that has some inherent value that ought to be, you know, traded like a commodity. That makes yeah. sense. I, I There are some things where it's like, I don't forgive that, but. Oh man, good times. Well, I'm really glad we got to talk, man. It's I been know. it's been a while. It has, and uh, it felt good to. I mean, yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, and that's really saying something, considering the fact that the majority of the craziness has not come from the political wing of things, <laughs> right? Like, it's been in so many other areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. It's crazy times that we're living in right now. It seems like I'm hoping that, that it's not the beginning of the end and just the end of the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Um, now there, there's a lot of, uh, there, there's promise. It's just a matter of, I, I think the country in a lot of dif- different areas has to learn how to ask questions and, and deal with the answers. And, um, like I'm not on board with this whole uh, this whole unity prospect. I get the i I understand what the president's saying. Yeah, I don't think in it's a very practical way to. First of all, you always lead from a position of strength and compassion. Um, and if his definition of unity is, I'm going to take the time to understand the other side but we still have to do what's right. Then I'm on board with that. I'm not into concessions basically. Um, And I, I do, I mean, listening to him talk, I think that, you know, and I think you, you feel the same way, but I think that that is more where he's at, you know, it's it's like, look, I'm, I understand that there are real problems that these people face. Right. And we need to understand them and work to address them. 
But right. also understand that I am not here to fuck around, and I'm not here to listen to a bunch of racist, xenophobic, b- baloney, baloney. Yeah. <laughs> no, malarkey. Malarkey. That's his word. Malarkey. <laughs> In the meantime, right? We don't have time for that, and that is not what I mean by unity. Because you know, it's like I, I, I'm with you in that. You know, at after World War II, you weren't calling for unity with the Nazis, right? Like it right. was. <laughs> shit needs to fucking happen and we need to move forward right and it's right. not but it's just yeah yeah there there is a i mean there is a uh it's a good opportunity to to reset and i i hope a lot of people and you know it's good that people learn about the political process they, they've been forced to for the last four years um but we also need to like really be okay with saying yeah, it, except for the racist and the, the the white supremacists, we probably want to take the time to understand why those why and how those people got to where they are. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, that's going to be hard. It is because I think where <laughs> the problem that we run into is for a lot of people the feeling that 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 is a one sided request, right? You have to understand what my fears are and where I'm coming from. But I absolutely refuse to take the time to understand your fears and where you're coming from, right? That that my fears and my beliefs are the only valid ones because I feel them. And you have to respect my beliefs because I feel them. And you say, okay, hey, I like I respect that. I understand that. This is how I feel. Well, f- you. You can't feel that way. That's not right. Right. Like that's where I think a lot of people, and it becomes, well, in that case, you know what? No, I'm not going to respect. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to put my fingers in my ear and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want for the next four years, because that's what you did for the last four years. And you know what that gets us? Absolutely nowhere. There, there's a, um, there's a trick I, I learned years ago, um, where you really do listen to people and it's not like, it's not a superficial thing, but you take the time to understand what people are saying. And sometimes that means you don't say anything, but you make a point to come back to the person and talk about the, you know, the issue once you really truly felt, and they really truly felt that you understood them. Now there are some people on the other side of the conversation where that may not be possible, but I believe there's a, a, a larger majority and we've got to stop giving so much attention to the people that say the least they're very loud, but they're not really saying anything. Um, and trying to, you know, listen to them and just say, you know, really try to understand what they're saying. That's, that takes courage and it takes a level of maturity and it's something you have to be intentional about. And it, you just can't shortcut it. And I think that, you know, that whether it's your family or whether it's in, in, in your private life or your public life, that is a, it's a skill and you just have to keep practicing it. And it doesn't mean that you get to give your point all the time or your opinion. It just means that you spend a lot more time saying, Hey, I, so let me ask you more about why you feel that way. Or, you know, so can you tell me more about blah? And that's okay. But it builds, it helps to rebuild that relationship. Now, this is not kumbaya stuff right? because there's there's a vast majority of my time where I just want to get down to business and move on. But when you recognize that things are that, they're, they're in that much disarray, it's time to, you know, really start to listen. 
and try to step outside of the problem. It's something I always say, Hey, you're in the problem right now. So you're everything you're going to see is the problem. Yeah. So step out of it and try to understand. And that's going to be hard. That's the hard part. That's the work that people always say, you got to do the work. Sometimes it's just understanding people. Doesn't mean you agree, but if you at least understand how they got there and how, how and why they see what they see, it's a big step to hopefully finding a resolution. Doesn't mean that everybody gets what they want, but it does mean that you can resolve the issue. So, yeah. Well, guys and ladies and gentlemen and peoples and he, them, she's, it's, and everybody else and they's, we're glad you joined us. Um, <laughs> we we you left out the dogs and the cats and dogs and the cats and the parakeets and whatever, whatever other pets you may have. We're glad you joined us. Uh, yeah. It's been a weird uh, few weeks, but uh, yeah, we're back. Um, <laughs> you can always listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube Music. We're everywhere. And we, our website is uh, chrisandandreshow.com. Shoot us an email at thechrisandandreshow at gmail.com. I have yet to change that, but I will. You can always find us on Twitter at Chris and Andre and Facebook ish, possibly. Yeah, occasionally. Possibly. Not really. Yeah. We're in the places. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback for everybody that's listened to our, our, our lovely little short podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. I can't guarantee you when every episode will come out. But or if they ever will. <laughs> they like might all just be for our own personal entertainment going forward. <laughs> No, what they Chris, will get published. What some. Chris hasn't told me is like we're not really like publishing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out that I am every single one of the plays that we've been getting, and I've just been lying to Andre all these years. Like we were talking earlier, right, about being able to tell which people are real and which ones aren't. That's uh yeah, it's <laughs> No, these episodes will get published at some point uh, in the near future. I just have to actually, you know, get my ass in gear. Um, <laughs> I, I have to do the work, right? That's yeah. That's what it boils down to. Uh, <laughs> man, that was funny. I, I cracked myself up. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just sit here and talk to him for like, like two hours. Like, I would have called you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would be the funniest thing oh man i cracked me up uh but we're we're super glad you guys listen uh if you ever catch us on twitter uh it's really chris i can't, I can't stress that enough yeah that's but, why it's signed a half the time because <laughs> it's, it's just me like the one time that i posted i didn't even mean to i was just trying to share it on my regular twitter but i had switched over to the other one to look at something for some reason and yeah. And so like when I went to share this other story, it was on ours and I was like, Fuck, I don't feel like going back and all of the steps required to get back to changing the profile that I was going to share it from. And so I was like, I'm just going to share it from here and I'll put a C at the bottom. So people will figure it out. And I like, like I just tag Chris and Andre when I want to send it to you, like, I'm like, Hey, Chris and Andre, like, I feel like such a weirdo. Like I'm like, I'm like, Hey, me and you, 
hey we you should we should come check this thing out like <laughs> oh no breaking news Uh oh well it's two hours ago oh jeff bezos steps down as amazon ceo oh no what happened on tuesday amazon announced that bezos will step down as ceo during the third quarter of 2021 Amazon Web Services CEO Andy Jassy will replace Bezos, who will transition to executive chair of Amazon's board. Eh. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Does that really matter? Well, it all... Uh, the short answer there is... Well, yeah, it all depends because I think he's kind of like a jobs uh, personality in the company. So uh, it doesn't really matter. He, yeah. He's still probably calling the shots. He's a shot caller. Now, I, I know he gets a lot of crap, but um, Amazon didn't start out as a, as a titan, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know they've made some mistakes along the way, but I mean, crap. You got to respect the game. It's not about him as a person, but, you know, that's, maybe that's just the capitalism he's speaking. So. Yeah, well, you are a capitalist, so. Yeah, all day, every day. <laughs> hey, before we go, shout out to the NC State women's basketball team defeating the number one Louisville Cardinals last night. Uh, that is two number one teams that they have beaten both on the road so far this season. That's dope. And that's yet dope. they're still only ranked number four. So. Yeah, that stupid AP polls. Yeah. But, uh, oh, we... We're, are we going to talk before the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, right. you and I will. Like, we won't talk yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i going to call another Brady win. No way. There's no way that defense is keeping Mahomes out of the end zone. Dude. Um, I mean, look, I don't even. Uh, this is like yeah. when Duke and Carolina play each other. There's no good outcome for me unless the ground opens up and swallows the stadium whole while they're all out there. Like, well, my season ended back in, I don't know, September. Yeah. Well, mine, mine ended like, yeah, we went on a four game losing streak. We came back, we beat wake forest and in the process lost Devin Daniels for the season. So that was like, I would, I don't know. This has been one of the weirdest sports seasons as a fan. You know, like I've had levels of interest and apathy, like a fucking roller coaster ride. Like I, it, it's insane. Uh, things that I've, I would normally care loads about. I'm like, I could, I could not, I cannot get interested in this. You know, and it's I, like, I, yeah, I think I checked out like way early on sports and like, I'm not even happy, but well, Carolina's men's team is doing pretty well, but yeah. I, I just, I just don't want to talk about it. I just, uh, I just don't feel good about those kids putting themselves in that position. Yeah. That's, that's where I am at with that too. Is I think I, for whatever reason, I, I think it, I basically spent it all on the football season this year for me. Um, and even that was really hard for me to get super engaged with. Like right. I, I didn't really watch it live it was more just like okay this is a slight distraction as i'm going through this really weird year time in my life yeah, yeah but but you sorry, know, i know we're like trying to end the podcast and we're just it's all right like, oh, we i'm just talking more <laughs> i'm just saying it i think brady's gonna win all right well you've got brady winning i got Mahomes winning um i want to see brady win though because i remember I... like when when the season started i said i did say he's got one more in him yeah you probably did 
You say a lot of things though, so don't act like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he wins, it'll be like I told you so. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just phenomenal. Like, and I'm not even a Brady fan. I'm just saying, like, that's dope. Like, yeah. I mean, look, ten Super Bowls is ridiculous. The guy's already won six. Does he yeah. really need a seventh? No. Just to put the is the cherry Patrick Mahomes on the top. probably going to end up winning a bunch like three more? Yeah, and that's where it's just like again, I, this is the least intriguing Super Bowl matchup they could have possibly given me. But Mahomes is he's unique in in a way. Like I. I know it's not possible. I'd rather watch like Jacksonville and the Jets <laughs> play in the Super Bowl. I was actually kind of hoping the Bills would have pulled it off. Uh, me too. I mean, I, I, I think I didn't think they would. But no, I kinda... but I, like, yeah, Josh Allen versus like at least then I could have like been like, okay, you know what? Go win it, Bills fans. Get that fuck it. Like, just shut up. You know, it'd be like the damn Red Sox and the, the Cubs fans. Like, yeah. oh, my God, stop whining. You finally <laughs> won. You know, I mean, like, if State could win, don't you think we'd all shut up just a little bit? <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> but no. The Bills fans are funny, though, man. It's like they have all these little rituals, and it's like, yo, that's not how it works, bro. I remember... Um, Last story, I guess, before we, it doesn't have to be, but in fifth grade, I, there was this kid, we tried to do like a class newspaper and there was this kid who said he wanted to do sports. And I was like, okay. And he gave me this story on Buffalo wingding. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what the f- am I like, like I'm reading this. He didn't even write it. Like he just stole it from some other newspaper and like gave it to me as though he had written it. And I'm like, you realize that's not how newspapers works. Right. But that was like my introduction to this whole Buffalo bills and Buffalo wings, like all, yeah, all of that stuff that just kind of goes hand in hand, but it's, um, it's a lot. And I, I mean, truth be told bills and fans would be totally obnoxious. Like, like the Red Sox fans have been like, you know, ever since they won. Well, yeah, are there any but, other groups of fans that you want me to just flat out insult? No, we leave? you've done pretty well. All right, you've cool. Done a good job. Hey, Yankees but, fan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we will not be doing that. <laughs> we will not be doing that. Uh, the only bit of baseball news, actually, uh, they're talking about a shorter season, but with the possibility of getting enough vaccinations done to where people can be in the stands, that could be a good thing. Yeah, I would uh, love to see less baseball. <laughs> Seriously, they play way too many freaking yeah. games. Hockey and baseball have got way too much going on. Yeah, I, uh, even basketball. To an extent, like they could probably cut all three of those seasons in half and I wouldn't miss the other half of the games. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody would really miss them. Yeah, I could check. The Knicks are doing pretty well, though. All right. right. Anyway, um, we got a lot to talk about next week. (laughs) Yeah. The the U.S. men's national team is doing pretty well. Of course, the women are are killing everybody. They beat Columbia 7-0. God, who does that? But anyway, um, we're glad you guys joined us. Hopefully. 
these episodes get out. Um, yeah. Lost in the ether. Yeah. So Chris has got some homework. And as always, I'm Andre. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm Chris. Yeah. He'll, he'll make sure you hear this sometime. I mean, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> oh!